You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We're coming to age time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Tuesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you till 10 a.m. this morning. Plenty of stuff to get to on the show today. My name is Sean Pendergast. His name is Seth Payne. How you doing this morning, my friend? I'm good. <laughs> you we got, to, uh, we, we got to enjoy... <laughs> Oh, no, I, I didn't have to think about it. Oh, okay. um, we got to enjoy a Sean Payton press conference yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Sean Payton was unveiled to the Broncos yesterday. Uh, Tom Brady uh, was uh, was talking to Colin Cowherd about his future and when he's going to get into broadcasting. We'll get into that. J.J. Watt had uh, conversations with both Rich Eisen and Dan Patrick yesterday that we'll get to on the show. Uh, Gary Kubiak was on with the guys in the uh, middays yesterday on In the Loop and uh, was talking about the hire of D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans' hire is still kind of getting everybody buzzing going on around here um, as he tries to put his staff together. The latest news on that is that um, is that Marquand Manuel, the uh, safeties coach in New York with the Jets, is um, going to get interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. So stuff is starting to Stuff is starting to come together for uh, D'Amico and his staff here, hopefully soon, the formation of it. Gary Kubiak was on with the guys in the midday yesterday. He was on with John and Landry, and they asked him about um, D'Amico's background. Of course, Gary Kubiak's background is with the Shanahans. Um, D'Amico's experience with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Let's not forget where he's coming from, who he's been with the last few years. If you work for Kyle, like I work for his dad, uh, he makes you study both sides of the ball. He makes you, as a defensive coordinator, understand what I'm trying to do to you offensively on the practice field. So D'Amico's knowledge, I mean, we know what it is defensively, but his knowledge of offensive football and how Kyle tries to attack defenses, uh, that has really grown for him as a football coach, too. I'm good now. All right, so Gary Kubiak talking about uh, D'Amico and the Shanahan tree, and they like to. You talked about that yesterday, Seth. They like to. They like to know both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah, and I think I guess that's the big leap of faith for everybody who's understandably concerned about uh, having a defensive-minded head coach. It's that for it to work out with a defensive-minded head coach, you're really you're swinging for the fences because you're either going to have a guy who's uh, who's inept and mismanages quarterbacks, or you're going to have a guy who's like a Mike Tomlin, a Bill Belichick, a Pete Carroll, a guy whose leadership skills and overall football knowledge supersede or, 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 or you know overrule anybody else that have more, might have more offensive expertise. And that's why the the five longest, five of the six longest tenured NFL coaches are either defensive minded or special teams coordinator coordinator head coaches they're not offensive guys I think it I think it's a evidence of that those guys that get those jobs um were ones that were able to prove that hey we don't I don't need to be an offensive minded guy so it's a tough sell because you're saying okay yeah we believe D'Amico is one of those guys it's you're either he's either he's either that special in terms of leadership and overall football intelligence or he'll wash out and 
the Texans will be hiring an offensive-minded guy. And I like I personally, I personally believe that D'Amico is one of those special types of leaders. Do you want him calling the defenses? That was a big. Uh, that was a big topic yesterday. I was listening to the drive with uh, Sterner and Hughley yesterday, and Clint was adamant he needs to be calling because he's so good. He's been the steward of such a good defense in San Francisco. He needs to be the one called. I'm I'm prepping you for your appearance with them this afternoon. My guess is that will oh, come yeah. up with the two yeah. of them here. So like, maybe we can down, maybe actually. we can workshop a few things here for your appearance with them this afternoon. I I can no, be I'll them be. and you can be you. Hey Chief, you want him calling the defenses next year? Yeah, yeah. That's um. What I was going to say is I got to figure out um who the the examples of the guys, it's hard because everybody's so opaque about what they actually do or don't do on game days. Um, you know, Andy Reid's not the offensive coordinator, and yet he's pretty damn heavily involved. So I don't know. I don't need D'Amico calling the defenses. I think a lot of what makes D'Amico's defense work so well, well isn't the specific play calls as much as how well they're executed. So with a lot of that, is, is D'Amico heavily involved in overseeing that? Sure. You know, if he spends more time on the defensive side of the ball, I'd be a-okay with that. I, But personally, I'd rather have him have a defensive coordinator who can take some of the burden off of the more administrative type of stuff so D'Amico can get down to being a head coach yep. and and focus on all those things. There's like, there's like 29 times as much stuff to do when you're a head coach as there is when you're a coordinator. Uh, Gary Kubiak was asked yesterday, and you knew this was going to come up because his son's names have come up in association with uh, various jobs around the NFL. Um, his son, who was the quarterback's coach in Denver, I get them all mixed up. Their names all begin with K. Um, I think it was Clint. Let's let Gary Kubiak lay out who was interviewing for what. But obviously, the Kubiak name carries a lot of weight in Houston. The Kubiak name has ties to D'Amico Ryan's. What about the rumors that your sons might be working for D'Amico next year? They got to keep working, but uh, Clay's there with Kyle, and, and uh, he's got a great job and learning a lot of football. You know, Clint was in Denver last year. He's sitting there waiting to see what happens uh, there with Sean and those things. But I've been keeping up, and I listen to you guys. I know I don't like telling you all that, but I listen to you <laughs> from time to time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to some of the things going on, and I think D'Amico's got a pretty dang good idea of, uh, you know, what he wants to do. And, you know, I just have confidence in what he's going to put together and I look forward to watching it just like you guys so Clint was uh Clint has been in the NFL since 2016 he was the Vikings quarterbacks coach for two years and he was the Vikings offensive coordinator in 2021 he was the passing game coordinator for the Broncos last year which uh, let's just blame all of that on Russell Wilson more so than Clint and Hackett. Yet, Hackett's an easy target too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, that had nothing to do with Clint. If it weren't for Clint, they would have been even worse. Uh, but um, as far as Clay Kubiak, Clay is the one with a little less experience, and I would be surprised if you know he's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up here just because he's not as invaluable a member of the. The, the 49ers staff, perhaps, but also he's not undergoing a, a coaching change there either. Hmm. So actually, I guess it might be more likely that Clint ends up here and Clay Kubiak stays with the 49ers where, you know, he's in that pipeline already. Yeah, dude. Under, no, under Kyle. No yeah. disrespect to D'Amico, but that's a startup university at this point. Shanahan is an established Ivy League school for people yeah. in that system. I, if I were – Clay is the one that's with San Francisco? Cl 
Clay's with Clay's with San Francisco. Why can't he just yeah. name them Bob and Jim and Joe? Like you know, all these K's, Gary. Come on now, come on. You're it's, making it hard uh, on us. He's got like he's got like seven, eight strikeouts in his. Uh, he does. In his he does. He does. It's right. <laughs> the wedding invitation. The Christmas card looks like a box score for a baseball Clay, game. Well, Clay was the one that was the head coach at Strake Jesuit. Remember? Okay. Okay. And 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 he kind of somebody had told me that he he just decided a couple of years ago like all right well he's getting. Getting up to there in his thirties, where he's got to either make that leap if he's ever going to do it, or you know he could be a be a really good high school coach, or he wants to try to make it in the NFL. He better do it when he did it. It's, it must be nice. I mean, to have that look. Gary, Gary's had a ton of success, so if you can, you know, if you can ride your last name to get your foot in the door, you know, obviously how good they are at their jobs will dictate how far they rise. But it's got to be nice. It does have to be nice when you're like, you know, I'm thirty. I really got to figure out if I want to try this NFL thing. And you get an NFL job. That's just, <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> he was let's see, he was quality control coach with the 49ers last year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's definitely at that entry entry level. There you go. Um, we can cross one name off for uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Brian Flores is going to be the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. We went through this yesterday. He was the he was the betting favorite to be the Arizona Cardinals' next head coach, and was reported to be a finalist for that job. He's going to Minnesota so the- to be a DC. So the Cardinals and the Colts are. We sit here at February seventh. Yeah, Lovey Lovey Smith was hired what on the eighth last year, something like that. It, yeah, it was, uh, and it was late. It felt really, really late. Yep, February seventh. Um, in the at ESPN.com, it's saying February seventh they were going to hire Lovey Smith. It was announced on February seventh. So February seventh or eighth. So they're like right now, it's late. And those two teams not having a quarterback and not seemingly being close to it is uh, is is much more late than normal, including last year when Lovey Smith was super late. Yeah, it feels good to be on this side of uh, coaches. Feels good to be on this side of coaches. Uh, uh, coaching searches dragging on and on and on, like watching it from afar. Already having our our guy in the clubhouse. That feels nice. I gotta say. All right, um, we're off and running on a, a Tuesday. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Um, Tom Brady was on Colin Cowherd yesterday. He told us when he plans on starting his TV career. Sounds like he might be the anti Tony Romo. Also, I feel like the door might be open for Brady to return in twenty twenty three. Where do you take a listen? We'll do that next. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Good to be with you on a Tuesday. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. Uh... Tom Brady, he's retired for now. Um, Tom Brady was on Colin Cowherd yesterday, and he he revealed when he would be starting, when he plans to start his broadcasting career. And I think for me, I want to be great at what I do. And even, you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and, and the leadership there allowed me to start, you know, my Fox opportunity in, in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. So take some time to really learn become great at what I want to do, become great at, um, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. And I, I, I think when people really bet on me, I think one thing about my career, whether I was when I was drafted by the Patriots or signing for agency with the Bucks, I wanted to be, you know, fully committed. And I, I never wanted to let people down. I think my biggest motivator was that. So, you know, even in the future, I want to be great at what I do. And that always takes some time and strategizing and, and learning and growing and evolving. And I have so many people to rely on that. Um, could support me in that growth too. So it's going to be a good, great opportunity for me to take some time to really uh, certainly become at my Fox broadcasting job, which I'm really looking forward to, but also catching up on other parts of my life that uh, need some, need some time and energy. All right. So in that last part there is that that's, (laughs) that's a big one. Just the parts of his life that need time and energy. That's something that this time a year ago, we wouldn't have been going, yeah, that's true. He's divorced and he's got kids and things like that. He was one happy family last year, at least outwardly. What are the percentage chances you think he plays in 2023? Uh, I think pretty low. I think that he's like, yeah, he's at that age. It's just not going to get any better. You know, I, I think he probably could sense the physical decline. Not, not that you can't fool yourself. And it wasn't like it was his physical cli- decline that that was the issue with Tampa. But I think that, for one, yeah, being divorced and as a guy that definitely cares about his family, I think that's going to be a big enough challenge and he's not going to want to throw another monkey wrench into all of that. But I, I do think that... I think that he doesn't... Maybe, you know, maybe Tony Romo is a bit of a cautionary tale for him. And that he doesn't want to just throw himself into something that that maybe he can do well at at first, but really needs a long haul commitment to do well. Romo's Romo's broadcasting career is just like a, it's a it's a it's a what's the word? I'm supersized version of what happens with athletes in general. That first year out. They get a lot of leeway just in being able to tell stories about their playing career, knowing guys that are in the league right then. But then beyond that, they got to kind of prove that they actually want to work at it. And I think that with Romo, you could see over the last few years, oh, yeah, as, it's, as that curve has changed to where he needs to actually work at it, he hasn't done that. 
and he doesn't have the benefit of all those other relationships or the knowledge that he had from when he was playing. So he's just fallen off a cliff. And I wonder if, if Brady just sees that and thinks, well, I don't want to be that guy, so i got to be sure that I actually want to work at this and and put some time into it before I just show up. And I'm just like, you know, the... I'm the, the, the brand new pony that everybody forgets about after, after they realize they got to hay and water it. It's really interesting. I talked to, um, I talked to Bob Sochi, uh, who's the play-by-play guy for the Patriots, on my Sunday show this week just to talk about Brady. And, and I asked him, I said, do you think Brady is going to want to do this if he's anything less than the best at it? You know, like if he, he's going to work at it. He's going to work and work and work. Do you think this is something he's going to want to stick with if it's something that, you know, a few years in he's struggling with? He's getting the same criticism. It'd be, it probably be, wouldn't be the same type of criticism Romo is getting. Romo's getting criticized because he's lazy. We've seen Romo be good at his job, but if it turns out yeah. Brady's just somebody who's not a natural at this, like who's not, and he said he didn't think he'd, he'd want, he doesn't think he'd want to, even with $37 million a year sitting there to do it. And he acknowledged there's probably a whole lot more that goes into Brady getting that money than just four hours on a Sunday. You know, as you pointed out, like last year when he got this deal, and I'm going $37 million, I don't watch it because of the color commentator. And you pointed out rather astutely that, well, it's he's probably getting paid to, uh, you know, to cavort with sponsors and things like that, you know, to, to be the yeah. billboard of this whole thing, you know, the, his face. Right, and it's because it's... It's not even just the cavorting, even though I know it did include some kind of appearances with the, 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 the decision makers of sponsors. But when you go to sell a package, it's just a lot easier. When you go to sell advertising to a big company and you got Tom Brady on the cover of your presentation or as the, uh, the first PowerPoint item, it goes a long, long ways. I'm actually I'm kind of shocked at how many people in sports media, especially on the writing side of it, where they just write and don't necessarily rub up against the business side of it, how completely and totally ignorant they are about the way the actual media business works. Right. Including, I think, Richard Deitch a little bit. I think these guys that don't, because we work with sponsors all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we like we work with sponsors all the time. We know the deal. Like, I have an advantage because I played football. So, like, there are other guys that are perhaps better than radio at me that better at radio than I am but if they exist I don't know but I've got an advantage just because there's there's a certain cachet to that now amplify that times a thousand and that's Tom Brady when yeah. it comes to selling sponsorships it's it, when you you were talking before you know about Romo being the cautionary tale that maybe Brady's observing what's happening with Romo and and, and he doesn't want that to happen now, I, I think Brady looks at it and probably sees that it's a work ethic issue with Romo he would never say that but he probably sees that and goes okay well it's not that I'm not going to work at it but it's interesting like Sean Payton we're going to get to Sean Payton at the top of the hour he had a press conference yesterday to introduce him as the Denver Broncos head coach and at one point late in the press conference he was thanking all of his colleagues at Fox and he said people don't realize just how much coaching goes into coaching somebody like me who's new to getting into media just things like where to stand where to put your hands keep your points tight don't ramble don't go too long um i think there's a lot of people that probably there's a lot of people that probably think that brady just can step right in and start doing the thing on sundays and that's that's not the case you know there's a lot that goes into it there was an article about greg olson on the ringer um, where and Greg Olson's been really good. He's been really lauded for his work. Um, but even Greg Olson said at the beginning he would try to make like five or six different points 
um, anytime he was breaking down a play, and his his superiors had to get into his ear and say, "Look, <laughs> you need to you need to trim this thing down, okay? You need to pick the one or two things that are the most important things, and um, and and pick those out and highlight those. You got a three hour broadcast. You're gonna get to some of this stuff. Don't worry about it. All right. So Tom Brady, 2024 though. I, I was I was mildly surprised, and I thought when I heard 2024, I thought, eh. I wonder if he's leaving the door open to do something else in 2023, but who knows? Probably, I would imagine, as Seth pointed out, probably just taking a year off, spend time with the kids, um, get your life in order. Divorce can be big upheaval. I know that from personal experience. So um, so that's uh, that's the latest on Tom Brady. He went on with Cowherd yesterday. Uh, he'll, he will start with Fox in 2024. 713-572-4610 if you want to get in. J.J. Watt. He was making the rounds yesterday. He was on with Rich Eisen. He was on with Dan Patrick. Why he retired? Will he go into media? And uh, talking about the Hall of Fame and possibly going in with two other first ballot Hall of Famers. That is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Nice to be with you on a Tuesday. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne, Payne and Pendergast. J.J. Watt was on, uh, he was on Rich Eisen and Dan Patrick yesterday. He was, he was making the rounds. He wanted people to know he is retired. I don't think there's, I don't think there's uh, much speculation about J.J. Watt coming back anytime soon. He seems to be pretty happy with his decision. Here is J.J. Watt with Rich Eisen yesterday on why he decided to uh, call it a career after 12 seasons. Every single day is a mental grind and trying to make sure that you're the most prepared, trying to make sure that your recovery is the best. And even in January, February, you're already, you know, stressing about making sure you're prepared for the next season. 
And those are the types of stresses and mental, you know, mental gymnastics that I was ready to be done with. I wanted to enjoy time with my son and my wife. I wanted to go through life and, and know what it feels like to just kind of relax a little bit. And if I miss a workout to play golf, then I miss a workout to play golf. And, and I don't have to, like, worry, did I do the right thing today or did I hurt my chances of having a good season? All right, you, you brought this up, I think, last week, Seth. The possibility the possibility. Now we've heard J.J. Watt speak a couple times on this, so see if the percentage chances change at all. You brought up the possibility that he could uh, he could put himself into that same portal that Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph were in last year. <laughs> or, yeah. Or that Odell yeah. Beckham was in but never uh, decided <laughs> to, to exercise the option of going to a team. Do you think there's a lot that goes into it with J.J. If he changes the way he works out and he starts to slim down, it's going to be harder for him to do this, but... Do you think there is a percentage chance that J.J. Watt becomes a, uh, a you know, comes in in a uh, triage Super Bowl situation in like week 10 for a contender and just rush the passer for 15 snaps a game? I would be really surprised if he did just because, you know, earlier in that clip, he before that clip, he was talking about how every year, especially as he got older, he had to be, you know, within a week of the end of the season back at it rehabbing, getting ready, doing all that kind of stuff. And there's, um, like, you, you reach a point of no return where you just are the guy you are. I think there's there's a big argument to be made that sometimes the guys that age the best, they work hard, but they're also, they're not, not maybe quite as maniacal about it as sometimes they like to show in documentaries and everything. Uh, whereas I think J.J. is exactly that maniacal, and it can have a toll on your body. But in his mind... And I think in reality, that's also what made him really good when he was really good. So I don't think I don't think he can get to that point to make that leap and say, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe less is more. And maybe now uh, at the age of thirty three or thirty four, I'll actually just take it easy a little bit and show up and, uh, and and not work as hard and see if maybe that actually works out. I just don't I don't think he's wired that way. And that's not it's honestly not even that one is better or one is worse. It's just that. Uh, it's that that's who he is at this point his listed playing weight is 288 pounds you can say if you know that sounds about right he looks about 288 he's a huge dude who does not have a ton of fat on him for a guy who plays the position that he does um when the season starts next year week one over under jj watts weight i'll put it at 265 and a half yeah i think so is that, I think he's, is that a good number? He, yeah, I think so. Because he doesn't have a lot of fat to lose, and he's still going to be working out. Yeah. So I bet he's like a, a pretty svelte 265. Yeah. Who looks like he's like 235 just because he won't be as broad in the shoulders or anything or as heavy in the legs as he used to be, but he'll be still pretty dense, I think. He hiked to the top of Camelback this weekend. I saw it on Instagram. I remember uh, that was Lopez's big thing when we were out there for the Super Bowl last year. I wonder if uh, Lopez Lopez will have that in common now with JJ. They can did talk Lopez do it? Yeah, he did it. I he, think he, he he did it, and he was. I don't think he was prepared properly. I think he went with like two bottles of water or something. You yeah, know? Well, you figure like, oh, it's nice and cool. It's not all that hot out, and then you realize, that, yeah, the humidity is about two percent. Yeah, the, the the reason I'm asking is because JJ's caption on his climb to the top of yeah. Camelback Mountain. What made it sound like it was – I've never done it. Made it sound like it was something that's, like, super hard. Like, he's going, man, respect to anybody who's able to do this. And no disrespect to John Lopez, but, like, I you know, like I don't look at Lopez and go, man, that's a guy 
who's out there climbing mountains that people are propping up your ability to get to the top of said mountain? It says it takes about, it's like pretty rough. I guess it takes about, it says, although hiking trails around Camelback Mountain are rated strenuous, most of them can be completed in roughly two to three hours. Okay. Okay, now JJ did it. All right, here we go. Here's the caption. The first, very first thing in the caption, Seth. Did he run it? 46 minutes. Oh. With a weighted okay. backpack. He's, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he put this in the caption. Here, I'm going to read yeah. the whole caption. Uh, very cool seeing so many different people at the top. Women, men, young, old, everyone having accomplished the goal. Anyone who's hiked to the top of Camelback has my respect. Hashtag hiking is not big man friendly. Um, oh, no, it's not at all. 46 minutes. What did you just say it, it normally takes? Two to three hours for the, the average I, no, Joe? No, it says many of the trails around Camelback. Oh, okay. Hours, so okay. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, uh, I feel like JJ was being a little bit uh, just um, overly friendly there and telling people respect to anybody who's hiked it. I mean, this isn't like, uh, this, this isn't like, you know, summoning Everest or something. I don't think, yeah. I guess what would be a, what would be a tough, you know, there's, there's mountains that are kind of pretty tough and they take like, it's an all day thing. You got to leave at six in the morning yeah. and you get back after yeah. dark. So yeah, I think, uh, JJ's being extra nice to the people of Arizona. And my bad, I actually scrolled down and said, respect to everybody who's made it to the top of Camelback mountain, except John Lopez. It says right oh, here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I just scrolled down. Um, so he, uh, JJ Watt on with Rich Eisen yesterday. The big question I think everybody has, is if he's not going to play, what's JJ's next move? Um, and people think media might be the thing for him. And I think he'd be really good, but he has one big reservation about getting into the into the life that Seth Payne and I have chosen. I'm going to go on TV at some point and have to make a prediction like this, and they yeah. put the little graphic at the bottom where you pick your win. Oh, yeah. And then on Monday, every single fan yeah. comes back, ah, oh, look at you, idiot. Look yeah. at this moron. Yeah. He had no idea. Yeah. yeah. I No, no duh, I had no idea. If I had an idea, guess what I would be? The win in Las Vegas, putting every dollar I had on <laughs> I got no clue, just like you guys. See? Yeah. J.J. Watt, see this, degenerate this gambler. A, that's the uh, – J.J.'s gotten so much more comfortable just in uh, in terms of just being himself. Then I think early on he had created this image of himself where he had to be like John Cena or Captain America or something, where now it's like it's Captain America, but he's, you know, learned to learn to, to let his hair down Captain a bit. America, but he's got a chili dog in one hand and a like a, a – a, a, you know, a – 24-ounce beer in the he's other. Like, yeah, he's Captain America, but he's laid off on the pomade. You know, right. he's just, okay, he's going he's gonna to grow up. He's going he's gonna to walk out the door in some flip-flops yes. and go down and grab a coffee. <laughs> he's got his Captain you know, America just, sweats on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, he feels like a real guy. Right. And uh, so he did in that phone interview, then I thought especially – and obviously, he's out there in Arizona. The Super Bowl's out there. There's, uh, or well, in the Southwest. Um, they're gonna like he's making the rounds. I think so. He was on in person with Dan Patrick later on, and this is when I thought, man, okay, when he was sitting next to Dan Patrick, he looked like very comfortable and like he might very well be enjoying himself some kind of media gig next year. I don't know what it would be. I don't. I don't, I don't know if he would want to do color commentary. Refer back to what he was just saying about people calling him an idiot for, uh, for not getting his predictions right. Um, color commentary is about eight times worse. Because oh, uh, yeah. you get a prediction wrong, you expect it. Color commentary, you actually screw up in a game and then you hear about it. That's the worst. You can't do a game. It's impossible to do color commentary without making a bunch of mistakes. 
over, over time, and then you got to hear about it on social media. That's rough. I think he does something a little bit more conversational. Okay, okay. A podcast. I feel like a podcast is a lock for J.J. Watt, right? A lot? A lock. It's like he... Oh, a lock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah I think, yeah, especially if you look at like what the Kelsey brothers are doing, and I just see the numbers they're pulling. They're, they're doing very well financially with that. I think in terms of bang for your buck, the podcast for like Chris Long or the Kelsey brothers or all those guys, they're, uh, if he just wants to make a nice paycheck and have some visibility and everything and strike while the iron hot is hot, yeah, uh, podcasting and YouTubing would be the spot. I don't know enough about TJ. Every, yeah. every time I've seen TJ, he's not blown me away with his personality, but I don't cover him on a daily basis. I don't follow him. That close. I mean, I obviously follow what he does as a player. Yeah. The thing with, like, when I think of the gold standard of current brothers doing media stuff, the Kelseys are great because they're different enough to where they're, there's a contrast, but they both have great yeah. energy about them. The Mannings, obviously, are very well thought of right now. You know, they're, they're probably the gold standard just in terms of turning it into a business, which they're retired now. They can do that kind of thing. They've got the time to do it that the Kelsey brothers don't. I feel like J.J. would definitely hold up his end of the bargain in a Watt collaboration. I just don't know if T.J. and Derek are up to snuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think with J.J., it might end up being more like Chris Long's podcast where he's interviewing a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I think it's um, it doesn't have to necessarily be modeled. It, you can't model yourself after the Kelsey brothers because it just wouldn't be as entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So Probably yeah, a solo that, project. If I, like I'm just looking at the Kelsey brothers YouTube and just with the the downloads they get, they probably easily, if they were working at that full time especially, um, are doing pretty well on yeah. that. I, I don't think they're making twenty million a year. Yeah, like, like uh, you you might be able to as a color they're making a living, right? But they're doing oh no no yeah yeah, yeah. super 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 well yeah with the the numbers yeah um, definitely no yeah definitely in the seven figures and that's just the Kelsey brothers just doing it part time once a week right um so JJ if he actually put you know even a little bit more effort into it and just did a few episodes a week it would be pretty lucrative JJ Watt was on with Dan Patrick as Seth mentioned as well um something we've lamented ever since the day JJ retired. The possibility of going to Canton with a bunch of drunk Patriot fans there. Um, he was not asked about that in particular. He was asked about going in with Tom Brady and possibly Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how that plays out. Where does he rank alongside those guys? I think it's cool to, to be retiring. We'll see at the, at the same time as the greatest of all time. I mean, so you think Brady will get in? I, I think he's got a shot. <laughs> okay. He's got if, some accolades. What if Rodgers retires? He will also make it, I think. Okay. I think he's going to make it, too. Where, where are you on the totem pole? Oh. Brady? Bottom. Roger? <clears throat> yeah, no problem. you got to have a ring. I don't have one. Yeah, that part, um, kind of the way you just said that so matter-of-factly, I, I guess that took me by surprise a little bit. Who are you that talking it, about? You took, who's he, Dan Patrick? Where, which, which matter? Of, which no, part are you no, talking about? J- JJ saying that he doesn't have a ring. Oh, and he's just oh that gotcha. Low to this, okay. uh, no, obviously they were joking about whether or not those guys were going to make it in. <laughs> I know. It was just you funny. realize they were joking, right, Sean? I too. I too. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know who you were okay. referring to. I'm sorry. Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, the, he just kind of matter of factly said, like, oh, I don't have a ring. And because um, I, I guess, you know, he could be defensive about that if he, if he weren't at peace with it. But I think he's probably had time to think about it. And, you know, when he retired, he had to think about it a lot. So I guess the fact that he said it so matter-of-factly made me feel better about probably where he is mentally with that part of it. He's had to, he's had to come to peace with the fact that he won't 
Won't ever get that ring. Yeah, well, I mean, I look, he signed with Arizona, so you kind of had to know, like, <laughs> he, he kind of chose that life when he signed with the Cardinals, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it, like being with the Texans, he probably was realizing towards the end it wasn't going to happen. You know, like, he, he's, he's probably had a chance to kind of, like, you go to Arizona, if, he, if, he, if he'd gone to Green Bay or Kansas City, he might feel a little differently about it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I guess um, I just don't know if he was know, prioritizing was, was Green... a championship at the end of his career. It didn't feel well. Like... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess prioritizing versus okay, whether you're like ring chasing is harder than people make it seem. I think uh, it, it was easy. It was an easy narrative back when the Patriots were going to Super Bowls every other year. Then it's pretty obvious if you if you want to go work for minimum wage and go do that. But I don't know about the the, the likelihood of picking the winner in any of the next three Super Bowls is is not such a simple thing to do. And I don't know if Kansas City was offering. You know, Kansas yeah. City would have been the obvious one. I don't know if Kansas City was offering anything or was interested at that point. Yeah, I mean, he probably could have gone to any of those like on a cheaper deal, though. I mean, he he was clearly prioritizing money. I mean, he was making yeah. sixteen million a year. Um, more from JJ, um, and this is true. Uh, he tweeted out when Tom Brady retired last week, like the greatest of all time. And he, JJ, does not like blowback on social media. I think that's what we've learned with this interview. These interviews he's done doesn't want to get into media because he doesn't feel like getting the heat for being wrong. And he couldn't believe what people were saying to him when he called Tom Brady the goat. Those guys both got. I mean, Tom has more rings than any team in the NFL. <laughs> I, I mean, it's literally insane. Like anybody who tries to argue, like I, I, my tweet to him after was like greatest of all time, no debates, no arguments, and people tried to argue. Shut up! Like, just <laughs> shut up! Like, you're an idiot. Is he the greatest team player of all time in any sport? I mean, that's a very that's a much more difficult argument because I mean, you got guys with eleven rings. I mean, Bill Russell's on unbelievable. Like, how do you how do you quantify that? That's the part where I was like, oh, you know what? J.J. in that little clip had a, dropped a couple little nuggets pretty casually, uh, just unprepared about, well, for one, invoking Bill Russell. Yeah. And, and not yeah. doing it in a way like where Aaron, Jones, or Aaron Rodgers was trying to suck up the Green Bay fans by mentioning <laughs> Reggie White, the minister of defense. Yeah. Like he just he invoked Bill Russell. He, uh, he used the word quantify, yeah. which is check against him. I thought the stock. same thing. I'm like, and, J.J., you're <laughs> underestimating your media. Chops, you might actually be good at this thing. He man. talked about Aaron Rodgers or uh, Tom Brady having more rings than every other team. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that part. And when you see him sitting there with Patrick, uh, he looked very, very comfortable. And uh, and he's got a good voice. That's another thing that's happened to JJ over the years. Now that he's a full grown man and a dad, his voice has dropped down to a point where uh, it just sounds like almost sounds like a good, like a really good radio voice. Yeah, he. Um He's a sports nerd. Like I think he probably yeah. grew up collecting baseball cards and you know playing in rotisserie leagues and things like that. You know. Like, well, yeah, no, because remember somebody, somebody had mentioned something. He had tweeted something about idolizing Reggie White growing up, and somebody tried to call him out on it and say like, "Oh, that's nobody was re- idolizing Reggie White at age 11. And and I can't remember what he tweeted back, but I think it was just a picture of him at the age of eleven. Or it was one of those little, uh, it was one of those little things you fill out when you're in oh, grade yeah, school yeah. about like who do you want to be when you're you up or who's yeah. your hero? And he favorite, said Reggie White. Favorite food, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, is honestly whoever like whoever made that accusation to JJ is pretty stupid. He's a kid growing up in Wisconsin. And to tell me eleven year olds don't know who Reggie White is in Wisconsin back yeah, then? Yeah, what the hell? Um. Last one from J.J. Watt, and he does. He lays out some numbers here that are pretty remarkable about uh, Tom Brady. 
I mean, when you look at they put up that graphic, I think it was two weeks ago or whatever when they were playing of conference championship games like in Tom and, and he's been in 15 and, and you them, sit there man. as a player and you're you're just sitting there like I've never been to one uh, and people say I have a I've had a great career I mean potentially like 12 years I'm proud of what I did but you sit there and you look at what Tom did for as long as he did it and you have nothing but the utmost respect because you understand how difficult it is you understand the parity in this league the way that this league is set up with the draft order with free agency with waivers and everything it's literally set up for the league to be a parity league. They want everybody to be in that 8-8 eight eight window, and sometimes you swing one way, sometimes you swing the other. And somehow Tom, for 23 years, has found a way to never swing to the other side of the pendulum. Yeah, dude, th- this, is why, this is why I need one of these two guys to come back this season, either Brady or Watt. I can't, I can't deal with a fan base in Canton in six years or five years or whatever it is yeah. that is going to have gone to 15 AFC title game well I know he's been to he's you know he's one of them was with Tampa but whatever double digit conference title game I'm not going to be able to deal with that I'm sorry it's going to be the Tom Brady induction into yeah the Tom Brady I don't Hall like it fame, sponsored yeah. by Tom Brady and TB12 yes right it's uh it, that that part's going to be annoying just kind of like it was in West Virginia in what was meaningless but when we had training camp up there Meltzer and I were up there when the Patriots were doing their combined practices, and it was it was like we were visiting the Patriots practice facility, uh, even though obviously it was the Patriots visiting the Texans practice facility. Uh, yeah, I, he had, they'd also mentioned you know possibly what if Aaron Rodgers retires this offseason? Then it, that was why he asked that answer that question about the uh, being at the, the bottom of that totem pole between Brady and uh, and Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers is retiring. I think Rodgers. Rodgers couldn't pull a move as Machiavellian as wrangling that huge contract out of the Packers uh, so he can get out a year later. And, uh, and, and pro- you know what he's going to do? He's going to end up on a team that's got more salary cap space because they're not paying for Aaron Rodgers' signing bonus or what have you and, uh, and have a better shot at it. So, yeah, Rodgers not retiring. No, I. you could tell from his interview he did at the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach where he was, yeah. like, leaning into – Fans chanting at him to be a Raider or fans like he he likes the attention. Let me tell you something. This is what Rogers going to have to be careful about. Rogers going to have to do what Favre did, which is kind of scramble to kiss up to the Green Bay fans when it came around time five years after his retirement. Like Rogers might end up with no Green Bay people at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Maybe if he if he just goes ahead and wrangles himself out of there and after he's made all this drama about it, it took a few years for, for Favre to get back in the good graces of Packers fans. But he had also added insult to injury by going to play for the Vikings. He did. He did. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> that didn't help. Yeah, Rodgers going far, far away probably helps his – I don't know. Brett Favre seemed more likable than Aaron Rodgers too. You know what I mean? Like Brett Favre was Until more recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, back then, back then. You know, you know, you built the state out of millions of dollars allegedly, and that'll affect your popularity, I would imagine. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Tuesday seven one three five seven two four six ten. Um, apparently on the app, they're playing one of your commercials without edits right now, Seth. We've had a few people text in. Yeah, yeah this has been yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. If you want a director's cut on how a commercial comes together, um, download Odyssey, the Odyssey app. Odyssey is made. Uh, never mind. I just seven one three five seven two four six. That's the trailer. That's the trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel yeah. and frame. All right. 
what's it sound like? Can we get a copy of it? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't is listened. Is there anything incriminating or embarrassing or anything? I don't or? know. They have, I think if there were, they would have said. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So. I know I got a call yesterday saying, hey, can you edit that thing? For us, can you add it? Can you do that job that we used to have somebody do for us, but now we don't, and everything's working out awesome? Don't worry about it. Can you, like, can you, the ex football player, do this editing on this? And I was like, ah, uh, yeah, I can do it. And they said, oh, actually, no, never mind. We figured it out. So that's how they figured it out, apparently. You are pretty good so. at editing stuff. I will give you your props there. Yeah. You edited that JJ Watt sound we just did. I did, yeah. You did. You but did. I also, like, I didn't know, I was told I didn't have to edit this thing. So okay. now apparently it's on the app. With me, I don't probably drop an F bomb. <laughs> All right, if the uh, app is even working this morning. Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Tuesday. Um, Sean Payton met with the media yesterday uh, in Denver. Um, I want to do a little comparison. D'Amico Ryan's answer on why the Texans were the right job for him versus Sean Payton's answer on why the Denver Broncos were the right job for him. Quite a contrast. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 